0: I find that when we don't follow our intuition, the universe
1: will try to wake us up one way or another. You're listening to the My Motivation Podcast with Arielle Friedman, where we share inspirational stories, tips, and advice for living your best life and reaching your true potential. And it all starts with a positive mindset. So come listen and get inspired. You are listening to my motivation your source of inspiration now i want you all to ponder this oprah winfrey once said trust your instincts intuition doesn't lie i sat down with spiritual coach yoga instructor and reiki healer sarah lane to discuss why it's important to listen to our intuition and how we can become better at trusting this inner voice when it's difficult to we also discussed why it's essential to set healthy boundaries in our lives, and Sarah provided powerful advice for how to set these boundaries at work, in romantic relationships, with friendships, and with family. You are in luck because the coaching Sarah provides doesn't stop with this episode. She's generously offering $500 off. Yes, you heard me right. That's $500 off her Embodies Creatrix program. She goes into depth um, about what this Amazing program entails, but you can find more information on it at saralane.coach/creatrix. And without further ado, I bring you Sarah Lane. I'm so excited to have spiritual coach, Reiki healer, and yoga instructor Sarah Lane here with me today. Welcome to the show, Sarah.
0: Hi, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity,
1: and I'm really looking forward to diving in. I'm so excited to have you. And um, before we Dive in. I just would love to learn more about um, what you do. So, can you give me a brief background um, on the great work that you do? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'd love to. So, as a spiritual coach, Reiki healer, and yoga instructor, I really specialize in helping women embody their highest selves through movement and breath and spiritual connection. So, I'm really passionate about helping women reconnect to their true self, their true essence. That is beyond the ego, beyond the external circumstances, and really get clear on who they want to be in the world, how they want to live their lives with purpose, and really embody the highest version of
1: themselves. Wow, so incredible! And I know that um, you so generously are off are offering all the listeners out there um, five hundred dollars off your um, Embodied Creatrix program, which is amazing. Can you tell listeners a little bit about? what that program entails.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the embodied creatrix is a three month mentorship program where we get to dive deep into the body to really extract its wisdom so we can embody our highest selves. And what that means is during this three month experience together, we will be fully committed to transforming into what it feels like in your body to become the woman that you want to be So the mentorship is filled with one-to-one connection. It's really an intimate container. You'll learn how to handle difficult emotions and set healthy boundaries, um, deepen your connection to your body and your intuition, and really be able to live your purpose by awakening your divine feminine.
1: Wow. That sounds like such an amazing opportunity that I hope all the listeners out there take advantage of. And thank you so much for your generosity and offering that to everyone. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to, to have you here today. We, this episode is so important because we're talking about a couple of really important topics that are, are really hard to do um, on a daily basis, which are listening to your intuition and learning how to set healthy boundaries. And I'm really excited to hear your wisdom on these two areas. So how about we start with listening to your intuition first? Um, something I feel like we can all a little bit better at because it can be very challenging at times. And so going off on that, why do you think it's so difficult to listen to our intuition? And why do you think that we often ignore our gut feeling? Yes, I love talking about
0: this. I love helping women with this because once we crack the code to our intuition and our bodies, we crack the code to our entire lives. Like everything gets easier when we just learn to listen to ourselves and trust ourselves, but we are, we're taught from a young age not to trust ourselves, which leads to second guessing ourselves and just really painfully slow decision-making. Um, so we often seek advice from others and we give our power away to external sources, you know, whether that be uh, whether that be our friends or family or teachers or you um, google <laughs> and you know people we think know better than us um so in reality we have access to infinite wisdom and information not just in the palm of your hands on your phone or you know on your computer but but really inside of you and your intuition is often quieter than the loud mind or the ego that screams you know of fear or doubt and worry and the intuition is often that really calm, peaceful, reassuring, and loving voice within. And often when we, um, when we ask our higher power for a sign or we ask the universe, you know, just give me a sign, just show me the way, and we're trying to make a decision, we, we might even see the sign or we get the clues, we get the hints, but then we doubt ourselves. We doubt the sign. Or we might miss the sign completely because we're stuck in our heads, we're stuck in the day-to-day, and we need to create space to listen. And we're also taught obedience from such a young age. We're taught to, you know, o- obey our teachers, obey our parents, obey all adults. But then when we become adults, we still hold on to these beliefs. We're still looking for someone else to tell us what to do. So. We need to take our power back and educate ourselves, heal ourselves on how to listen to our intuition and really obey our highest guidance and that that wisdom that really comes from within.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, one of the most important relationships that we have is with ourselves. So we really need to nurture that relationship and, and trust ourselves more. So going off of that, how can we be better at listening to our intuition when it's difficult um, to make those important decisions? There's
0: many different ways, but I think the best way to start listening to our intuition is getting to know yourself to your point, you know, really getting to know yourself in a quiet and contemplative space. So this can be through meditation, journaling, yoga, breath work, or even dance, when it's done with the right intention, you know the intention of having that intimate time with yourself. And when we drown out the noise around us, which is what we're doing in this quiet contemplative space, we're able to listen to that quiet, still voice within that has all the answers that we're looking for outside of us. And our ego is louder than our intuition. So the ego, which is often driven by fear and doubt and worry, and all of our past programming, it's going to be the loud voice in your head. So when you get still and quiet, of course, you're going to still hear that loud voice, but you can also start to hear the soft whispers of your intuition. And some people hear their intuitions messages. Um, They actually hear something audible, like um, a voice or a sound And some people feel it in their bodies as a yes, like a visceral yes or a visceral no. Some people just simply have a knowing where they just know something is uh, true or false or this way or that way. And some people will even see visions um, and get messages that way. So, you know, all of this, you've probably heard of clairvoyance, but there's also clairaudience and clairsentience and claircognizance. So, these are these other types of. You know, intuitive abilities that we all have. Every human is born with these gifts, and some just have more than others at certain points in their lives. But we can also practice and gain more of that skill. We can um, we can awaken our intuitive gifts, and practice them. So, one thing that really helps me and helped me on my journey of awakening my intuitive gifts and my intuition was writing. And I've been journaling my entire life. So, writing was a great starting place for me, but that may not be for everyone. Um, But I would encourage anyone listening to, to really give this a try. So, you can start simply by writing a letter to your intuition, letting your intuition know that you want to get to know her better that, or him, and you want to start a relationship and start by asking really simple questions that you know she'll say yes or no to, like, is my name Sarah? Do I like broccoli? (laughs) Which, yes, I oddly love broccoli. Um, Many people don't, that's okay. And notice the visceral reaction in your body, as well as what you write down on the paper, and just start a dialogue. And you'll be surprised as to what starts to come through. There's also something called automatic writing, which is when you literally just keep writing. You can do this writing or typing. I always encourage writing because you're activating more of the creative parts of your brain. Um, But when you're writing on paper, you just write until you can't write anymore. And you just keep going flow, uh, stream of consciousness writing. And the automatic writing kind of brain dumps, dumps, all of the ego, all of the fear, all of that stuff so that you can access the deeper layers of truth and wisdom within you.
1: There's so much healing power. I feel like in journaling and writing and, um, those sound like such powerful exercises that I hope everyone listening out there takes advantage of. And I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned, um, meditation and how it's so important to, um, be in that quiet space and, I feel like on a daily basis, our minds run at a million miles a minute. We're always thinking about our to-do list and everything that we need to get done. So for those that have such a hyperactive mind like that, what can we do to really quiet our minds? And for those that haven't done meditation before, how can we start to to get into meditation? What are some kind of like baby steps we can take to start quieting our minds? Yes. I love this question. So
0: With meditation, first of all, there's so so many different kinds of meditation. There are thousands of different types of meditation. But just to get started with it, just know that the goal is not necessarily to quiet your mind because that makes it impossible. (laughs) It makes it sound so much harder than it should be. So with meditation, yes, you're creating a quiet, still contemplative space. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your mind has to shut off or that it has to be completely quiet because we're all human and one of the main goals of meditation is to observe. Simply be the observer and recognize that you are not your thoughts, you are not your feelings, you are not even your body. But you are the conscious awareness that is observing and watching all of it. And when you step into that quiet space, you'll start to watch your thoughts, observe your thoughts. And you can ask, who is thinking this thought? Was that my thought? Who is aware that I am aware of thinking the thought? and just asking questions, getting really curious about where your thoughts are coming from, who is thinking them, whose voice is it? Because sometimes we may have um, voices in our heads that resemble someone or something that maybe is not true for us. Maybe it's a parent's voice. You know, sometimes our inner critics can often resemble uh, a parent or even a friend, so just getting really curious about that, and the tips I have for for meditation for beginners is downloading an app like Insight Timer, which is absolutely free, and you can listen to tens of thousands of different meditations on here for free, and even if you only have five minutes in your day, it really does make a difference. And you can sort them by the amount of time you're looking for. So say if you do only have five or ten minutes, you can search through a plethora of ten-minute meditations. That'll help just ground you taking some deep breaths and really creating more spaciousness and peace and calm throughout your day. And knowing that there's no perfect way or good way to meditate, it's just the practice. And that goes against so much of what we're trained with sports and academics and anything that's competitive because meditation and yoga and any, any of these spiritual practices that we do them simply for the sake of doing them, not to compete with someone else, not to compete with even ourselves. It's truly just to remember who we are in each moment and come back to the present moment so that we can be more peaceful and joyful and present humans.
1: I love that. I feel like it's so hard sometimes to be present with everything that's going on. So I love that meditation is really that, that precious time during the day that's solely for you that you can, that you can focus on becoming more present and, and bring yourself back to um, your true self. I'm going to definitely have to check out that meditation app. Thank you for sharing all that. Yes, of course. And you've given such great um, guidance on how to listen to your intuition. So I'm wondering, have you always been so good at listening to your intuition? Do you have a personal story of, of the good that can come from listening to your intuition? And then do you have a flip side story as well of what can come from not listening to it?
0: Yes, I have so many stories, but I will share one of the biggest ones in my life. And this story kind of, kind of hits on both of those questions actually of like, you know, what happens when we don't follow the intuition and what happens when we do? because I certainly didn't always follow my intuition. and for for a good amount of time there 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 was a time where I didn't even know my intuition existed. And you know, I was always searching for that external validation. So I find that when we don't follow our intuition, the universe will try to wake us up one way or another. And I believe that our bodies hold the truth to everything, including your intuition, your life purpose. Everything you need to know is in the body. It's always sending us signals and messages. And when we're disconnected from it, from our bodies, whether that be through alcohol, that's what it was for me, drugs, binge eating, social media, Netflix, or any other form of really numbing out, numbing our emotions, it's really difficult to extract the wisdom that our bodies are trying to tell us. So when I was in college, I was a a double major in the business school, I minored in psychology, and I partied and worked a lot in college. So my schedule was pretty much work, workout, party, eat, sleep, repeat. And that was a cycle that pretty much felt like a four-year vacation. And there was a lot of numbing going on during and shortly after college. So after graduating from college, I worked for various marketing agencies, and I learned so much about business and marketing, but I just hated sitting in front of a computer screen all the time, every day. And the long hours of sitting, the cutthroat environment, the deadlines, it was just draining to the part of me that really wanted to be out in the world making a difference, my soul. That was what my soul wanted. And I eventually threw my back out at age 22. I was like, oh my God, I'm 22, not 80. Why am I throwing my back out? I went from from sitting at a desk for eight hours a day and then directly after that i would push myself hard at the gym with little to no warm up or stretching and so one day after work i found myself feeling paralyzed lying on the gym floor in agony just not sh- yeah not sure how i was going to get home i was yeah it was it was one of those breaking points for me and physical therapy treatments and hot yoga really helped but I still wasn't extracting the lesson and the wisdom that I was supposed to learn from this uh, wake-up call, essentially, is what it was, my body trying to wake me up. And about a year later, I was involved in a serious car accident. And by the grace of God, only come out. Uh, I only came out of that with a few stitches and then some hip and foot and neck pain. So after more physical therapy, more yoga, I started to really take a better look at my life, asking more questions. And I started to realize these injuries were the universe's way of getting me to wake the F up and listen to my intuition. And I started to realize that I hadn't been Listening to myself at all, but I was listening to society's expectations of me and how I thought I should be living my life go to college, get a good job, make money, have fun on the weekends, then retire. So I started to question everything you know, where was my career heading? Who was I dating? Why was I settling for less than I deserved? What was I doing with my life? And When I was not listening to my intuition, the universe found a way to force me to listen through the car accident, through the injuries, through illness, I used to get sick all the time. And my body was trying to communicate with me, hey, we are exhausted, (laughs) give me a break, nourish me, listen to me. And eventually I started listening um, through yoga and meditation. And things started improving. I started improving, my life started improving. Because as you know, you know when we make changes in the internal, they're reflected in the external. And, you know, it took some really difficult and painful lessons that had to be learned along the way. But I'm grateful that um, that I did start listening because once I started listening, I decided to move forward with yoga teacher training. And with training taking up most of my time, I said goodbye to my social life. And I said hello to my soul life (laughs) and really started listening to that. And teacher training was one of the most valuable experiences of my life. I got to look at a lot of aspects of myself, of who I am, what I believed in, my long-term aspirations. And when I was at a women's retreat one day in San Diego, I saw the facilitator on stage, and I thought, "That's going to be me one day." And I started to put things in motion. Followed, kept following the little intuitive hits that I was getting, all the clues, um, the universe sending me signs. I started um, investing in myself you know, hiring my own coaches and Reiki masters and healers to go deeper into my own healing to start really understanding, you know, why I had been numbing out and what were these patterns in my life that were holding me back from really achieving what I wanted to achieve. And, you know, in the meantime, I was still working in the corporate world and using every second of my free time to work on my personal development, my spiritual practices. And I was, I was really, really good at my job. But my nervous system just felt under attack every day because I was so out of alignment with my soul. My intuition was practically screaming at me. And one day, another, here's another wake-up call. I had a panic attack at work and i wrote my resignation letter that day but i was too afraid to send it <laughs> i didn't feel safe to make the leap so i stayed there for about another year and i used that year to just focus on my healing journey and dream about what i wanted to create in the world and and do things that made me happy with my time outside of work and i knew hey if i couldn't be happy at work i got to be happy outside of work. And if I was curious about something, I went ahead and did it. So lots of woo-woo, spiritual things, pretty much anything you can possibly think of, I've done it. (laughs) And eventually, after working with a coach and really um, helping me to feel safe in my body and safe and supported by uh, the universe and having a relationship with my higher power, Um, you know, I was able to muster up the courage and eventually quit my job, but that came after another panic attack. (laughs) So I didn't listen the first time. So my body was sending me signals again. Um, you know, I had another panic attack at work about, you know, almost a year after the first one. So I I left the office that day. I went outside. I took off my shoes. I hugged a tree. And I just meditated beneath that tree. And I felt the earth beneath my feet. I felt the sun on my face. And I just felt so held and supported. It It was an awakening moment. I knew that It was time to leave the job. It was time to move on. And I could hear the quiet whispers of the trees and my intuition saying, we've got you. You are so supported. You are so held. (sighs) So I wrote a goodbye letter to my company, just thanking it for all that it taught me. Um just kind of closing that chapter. And that letter was for me, really. That was that was a closure letter for myself. I didn't send it to my boss, but instead I sent the resignation letter that I had originally written a year later, or a year previously, that was sitting on my desktop for almost a year. And I would look at it every time I turned my computer on, think one day. So, you know, after I... Submitted my resignation letter and um, had the conversation with my boss. I went out onto the balcony of the office and just threw my hands up in the air and yelled, I'm free.
1: (laughs) That must have felt so liberating after all that time.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So that was the beginning of my freedom and not just from the job, but Freedom from the confines of this system of the shooting all over me, sh- like the way that I thought I should live my life, right? Like the expectations. Mm-hmm. And I decided I'm going to live my life with intention and from intuition and from desire from like what I really desire. And I believe that God plants desires within us for a reason. God does not place true heartfelt desires within us that aren't meant for us.
1: Yeah, I believe that too, wholeheartedly. Wow. Well that is such an inspirational and beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure it wasn't easy for you to talk about, but it's so, so relatable. I feel like so many people are kind of stuck in situations because they feel it's what they're supposed to do. It's what society told them to do, or it's what, you know, their parents or family told them to do. Um and it, it's not easy to listen to your intuition, but once you do, I just feel like, you know, the whole world really opens up. And, you know, your story is, is very, very inspirational. And like you said, over and over, you're kind of given the same lesson until you really um, listened, it, listened to it. And I feel like the universe does that all the time. They keep giving the same lessons until, until you hear it and you learn that lesson. And you're the perfect example of what can come when you listen to your intuition and all the beauty that can come from that. And, you know, we're not meant to go through life, just going through the motions we are meant to um, be happy and enjoy every day and have our tank completely full, you know, and and do things that fill us up. So thank you for sharing that story. It's so, so important to hear.
0: Mm, Thank you so much for reflecting all of that back and and for seeing me and honoring my story. And, and um, I actually listened to one of your, other podcast episodes called uh, Want to Change Your Life? Then Do This. And it was packed with so much insight related to all of this. You spoke about the importance of taking risks and making your heart a priority. And I remember you said, leap and the net will appear and the universe will give you your parachute. I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. And that's exactly what happened for me. After I made the leap, all of these resources and people and money and things just started coming out of the woodwork where I realized like, oh, I am actually fully held. Like, The universe has my back on this because this is what my soul came here to do, was to, was to do this coaching and healing and mentoring work. So it was almost like my my spirit guides were just like waiting for me to make the leap, and then they're up there like clapping and cheering for me, and they're like, "Yay! Now we can give you all these things that we've been wanting to give you this whole
1: time." Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you said before that the desires that are put in you are put in you for a reason. And I feel like all the dreams that we have, God put in us for a reason because it's our purpose and it's the mission that we that we need to fulfill, and it's while, why we're here. And that quote, has, that quote, when you leap a net appears. has always had a big impact on my life. I heard it one time at a work meeting, and it stuck with me forever. And like you said, I feel like once you make up your mind that this is something that you want to do, the universe will make it happen. They'll bring you the right people. They'll bring you the right opportunities. But you have to decide right there and then that this is what you want. And nothing is going to stop you. Because once you make that decision, the universe will definitely make it happen. And I'm a firm believer in that. Yes, girl. Yes. Oh, I love that. So I want to um switch gears a little bit um from following your intuition to learning how to set healthy boundaries, which is another thing that's super um, important, but also very hard to do. So, you know, why are why is setting boundaries so important, in your opinion? Yes, I have so much to
0: share about this. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to share. So Before we get into like the importance of setting healthy boundaries, I just want to share my definition and philosophy around what boundaries are. And a boundary is a limit or a space between you and something or someone else. That's pretty obvious. And there's a, you know, there's a clear space and place where your energy and emotionality begins and the other person or thing ends. So this knowing and understanding of where something ends and begins requires you to be aware and in your body. So if you don't know where your body is in space, it'll be a lot more difficult for you to own your space. When you own your body, you own your boundaries. And this is why I teach embodiment work, getting into the body. And Boundaries are, are essentially how we tell others how to love us and how we love ourselves. Boundaries are, are present, loving, kindness, awareness. They're present moment self-care and they are not selfish. No matter what anyone tells you, they are not selfish. They are self-love. And so as an empath, And sensitive soul, which I'm sure you and probably many of your listeners can relate to, Um, highly sensitive people, you know, I have often held space for people while they're in pain or help them through difficult situations. I've been doing that my whole life. So this also meant that I took on a lot of other people's emotions, which I've now learned how to handle and how to set boundaries around that. But I didn't realize why I was getting so depleted in public spaces or groups or parties or even talking one-on-one with people. And now that I understand what it means to be an empath and how to set boundaries for myself as an empath, it's completely changed my life and my relationships in the best way possible.
1: Yeah, that can be a heavy load to carry, I feel like, if you don't set boundaries. Because it can feel like I'm sure you have the weight of the world on you
0: Mm, and be so
1: heavy to carry around if you don't set those boundaries.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Which is why it's it's so important to set boundaries. When we don't set them, we feel depleted or anxious and even resentful toward the other person or the thing, um, like phone, computer, social media, whatever it is, food, alcohol. Um, that resentment really does build over time. And having healthy boundaries can be the difference between a healthy and happy relationship and a toxic and dysfunctional relationship when one person is in control of the other. And in that, love can't really grow deeply and fully. There's no freedom. And with good boundaries, we feel our unique sense of self and our separation from others, not not the separation of, um of division but the separation of this is my body this is my emotion this is how i feel and it has nothing to do with you i am a sovereign being so this this comes from really being able to say no owning your yeses owning your nos and having that sense of self and our own worthiness so we can pri- prioritize ourselves and this is an alien concept. I know this is like a very foreign concept for a lot of empaths because we have such big hearts and we're generous and compassionate. We really do care about other people. And that can be to a fault because we're sacrificing ourselves and our own well being to take care of other people. And just as the The airline folks say, you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can assist others. This is the oxygen mask. Your boundaries are your oxygen
1: mask. I love that. Very, very powerful analogy. I love that connection. So how can we, what are some ways we can start setting healthy boundaries for ourselves? I know that there's a lot of different situations that require boundaries, like um, at work, romantic relationships, friendships, relationships with family. Um... What are some ways that we can begin to, to set those in those different contexts? Yeah,
0: so practicing um, practicing like the verbal conversation that you want to have with someone is a great way to start. and being in your body through embodiment exercises like yoga and breath work and dance and really starting to own your space and understanding that you inhabit this body and from there, I'd also love to offer um, some examples of like what you can actually say. And for your listeners who, you know, aren't driving, they can write this down.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So one really quick and easy prompt for setting boundaries with other people is this. It is okay for you to fill in the blank. It is not okay for me. If you blank. So, for example, it's okay for you to express how you are feeling right now. However, it is not okay for me if you slam things or call me names or threaten me. That's a very extreme example. Um, Here's another one it is okay for you to disagree with me on this. It is not okay for me if you continue to push your point of view while denying mine. Like how many times have we, has empaths been in a conversation and we just feel completely, you know, diminished or that we don't matter and we don't know how to speak up and stick up for ourselves. Um, and then I love sharing about these, but about um, relationship and friendship boundaries. Because I, I feel like these are often very common that people need help with communicating. So instead of, like, say you go on a date and you're not really feeling it, so you just ghost them and you they keep hitting you up and you're just not texting back hoping they get the point. Instead of wasting your and the other person's energy, you can simply say something like, I really enjoyed our time together. I think you're an incredible person. I do not feel a romantic connection with you, and I don't wish to continue this relationship. I wish you all the best in all that you do, and if our paths cross again in the future, I'll have nothing but positive regard for you. And that person will probably respond with, wow, thanks, that was really mature and great, and then he'll, or she or he will never hit you up again because you just set the boundary and it's very clear that you're not wanting to communicate, but you wish them well. And it's so much more respectful to do that than than to ghost someone. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And we've, I mean, so many of us have been ghosted before. And it's like, if you don't want to be on the receiving end of that, then don't give that out, right? Because what you put out into the universe will come back to you in some way or somehow. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And then some other prompts that are super helpful with, with friendships, you know, say that, say you have a friend that is, you know, constantly like complaining or just, you just always find yourself listening and holding space for this person, but you're not feeling like you get, um, You get that in return. That's very common. And really feeling into how you want that relationship to be. Do you want this person in your life? Chances are you probably do, but maybe in a different capacity. So, feeling into getting really clear on what's your ideal relationship with this person. And an example of of a way that you can communicate boundaries to them is something like I love and appreciate you and I love and appreciate myself too so I'm going to need some time for myself over the next few days or weeks or months or hell years (laughs) and I hope you can understand it's not about you I just need some time for myself and I will reach back out when I'm ready and if that person really loves and cares about you they will understand and hopefully give you that space. Um, and another way is, is say if you are, you know, texting with someone, they're they're constantly texting you all the time and it's kind of draining you. You feel like you can't keep up. One, uh, one way of communicating a boundary here would be Hi, you know, I've, I've set the intention in my life to create deep and meaningful and intimate connections. I find that when we text throughout the day, we're only having surface level conversations. They're really piecemeal. Uh, we're not getting through to each other. It would feel so much more nourishing for me to have a phone conversation or a FaceTime maybe once a week or once every other week instead of texting all day. How does that sound to you? And asking the other person if they'd be okay with that.
1: Those are all great. Thank you for sharing those. Um, I think those are really helpful to apply in those different scenarios too. And I think it's so important to not only set boundaries for yourself, but also to check in and be aware of other people's boundaries. Like, for example, if you're someone that needs to vent to a friend, I think it's also very much appreciated if you're the one that needs venting just to check in with your friend and be like, hey, do you have the mental like space and capacity right now for me to to lay you know what's been going on in my life on you right now or you know or do you have the mental space for that just to just checking in with people and and showing that you're respectful of of their boundaries too
0: yes I love that that's such a beautiful addition and so so important permission is key and it really shows that you respect the other person's time and their energy
1: yeah, definitely, cuz you know, you can't you can't be supportive or give to someone else if your tank is completely empty. So just showing that um that, you know, respect for that other person, I feel like is so important. And what about what about at work? Do you have any examples of how to um to set those boundaries at work, whether that be with a boss or a coworker or something like that?
0: Yes. Yes, totally. So and this was a big one for me working in a very fast paced PR and marketing agency where the work never stopped. There was never a free moment to breathe. Everybody was high, strung So I had to get super fierce on my boundaries and people, I think, you know, really took them seriously and took me seriously. So here's one. <sighs> I appreciate you. So so when a when someone like asks you to do something or is giving you a project or a task, here's something. I appreciate you considering me for this project or task or opportunity. However, I am prioritizing X, Y, and Z right now and do not have the capacity to dedicate the necessary time and effort that's needed for the success of this project.
1: That's good. I love that. It's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's honest, you know, all of, all of this is honest as long as you're checking in with yourself, your intuition. Um, And another one for work would be, you know, thank you for trusting me with this task. Can you share the due date and the estimated time that is needed for this project? That way I can take a look at my schedule to see how and when I will be able to fit it
1: in. That's a, that's a great way to put that too. I love those examples because I feel like a lot of times we become yes men because we we want to be seen as this great team team member and we want to be able to pull our weight and we want others to like us. Um, so we end up taking on more than we can handle and uh, we spread ourselves too thin and we can't do the best job that we can because we're trying to do a million things at once. And I'm wondering if that's why it's so difficult to set boundaries because we want to be so liked and accepted as... Do you think that's why, that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult or are there other reasons why it's so difficult for us to to set boundaries sometimes?
0: Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. We got the disease to please yeah. and people pleasing runs rampant in the workplace and among empaths and social media. Yeah. So that's a huge part of it. Um, And some other other reasons why it's difficult to set boundaries are that the thing or the person that we're needing space around is often serving us in some way or another or filling some sort of void. So for example, social media, you're getting dopamine hits, false pleasure, approval, you know, feeling like you're being liked, popularity, you're having kind of a sense of community or connection as well. But often if we don't have boundaries around social media, we end up falling into the comparison spiral. Um, We feel exhausted and we just feel like crap after we're scrolling on our feed. And there's really no intention behind it. But in some way, it's serving you you know, giving you that false pleasure and dopamine hit. And so we keep doing it. And so when we get clear on, okay, how is this thing or this person or this situation serving me? Then we can recognize, okay, how do I give myself this in another way? I'm scrolling on social media because I really feel disconnected from the world. I really just want to like reach out and hang out with someone. Okay. So turn off the social media and call a friend or go walk your dog and go to a dog park and talk to some other people six foot distance. <laughs> so it's really just like being more intentional about how you spend your time and also being in your body as you scroll or as you're using your computer because when we're using social media or on the computer, we are in our heads, which takes us out of the body. And as soon as you bring your awareness back to your breath or maybe your heartbeat or feeling your bones or the blood in your body, when you come back to that, it snaps you out of this kind of hallucin- hallucination of this other world we call the internet. And so some other ways and common things we need to set boundaries around are the news. Yes, it's, imp- it's important to be educated. However, there's, there's a lot that goes on in the news and there's a lot to consume that can really, really affect our mental health and our sense of safety and control to a level that is no longer helpful. And so when we think about, okay, well, how is the news serving me? Obviously, I'm educating myself. I'm staying informed. That's great. But there's also a part of us that that wants the excitement and wants the drama and might even, you know, it's the fear that feeds on more fear. Um, Eckhart Tolle teaches about this and he calls it the pain body and how the pain body, which is a collection of our... Uh, wounds and traumas from our lives and fear and a lot of these more difficult emotions kind of clustered together in the psyche and they attract more fear and they attract more pain. And the news also gives us that sense of certainty or control that, okay, well, I know this information, so now I'm safe. But we don't feel safe. In fact, we feel the opposite. We feel less safe. We feel more scared. And so when we get into the body, we feel more, we, we can allow ourselves to access more safety.
1: And I, yeah, I just want to um, jump in and say that, you know, the news only reports on what's wrong with the world, all the negative things that are going on. And it gives us um, this false view of the world that it's, it it only is a scary pl- a place. And, you know, it's just, it's providing a view through one lens and it isn't, you know, a complete full rounded picture of the world. So I definitely agree with you that it can cause more fear because, you know, that's just how the news runs. It's, it's, it operates on fear. It sells fear. So that's why I try to avoid it as I know that, you know, it, it's not giving a good representation of, of the world and a whole, a whole well-rounded view. Yeah, I agree completely.
0: Definitely. So it's so important that we check in and set boundaries around that maybe it's just five minutes a day or maybe it's five minutes a week you know um and then when we're setting boundaries around people whether it's parents or friends or romantic partners you know it's pretty obvious as to how that person is serving us right like we we feel love we feel comfort we feel safety Um, We feel like we're approved of. So they're meeting a lot of these important human emotional needs. However, when we're not setting boundaries with people, we can often put those, we put their needs before ours. And so whenever you are wanting to set a boundary around something or something, just pause and reflect on, okay, how is it serving me? You know, how, why am I stuck in this pattern? And having that awareness is really helpful. And some, some other reasons why it's difficult to set boundaries. And I think this is more in line with uh, what you were sharing earlier around, you know, people pleasing at work is the fear of rejection. And the fear of rejection can also come from the fear of abandonment. And so at work, we want to be accepted by our peers, like you said, and really show up and get the job done and be a great team player. And we don't want to be rejected from the group. And we don't want to be ostracized or abandoned. These are very normal human fears, especially if there was abandonment early on in life. So that plays a huge role in all of this. There's also the fear of confrontation. And I shared those examples earlier, knowing that, you know, they're very honest and heartfelt ways of communicating. And often it's hard for us to communicate a boundary, like in a heartfelt way, rather than um, the way we really want to say it, which is like cussing someone out or saying, you know f off and whatever. So there is a little bit of a fear of confrontation here sometimes, especially when um we have a difficult relationship with anger. And if anger was ever showed to us as aggression in the past, then it can show up as a fear of getting angry or a fear of other people getting angry. So some example a very simple example of this would be um, actually this is a this is an example of fear of confrontation and fear of rejection is say you're getting a massage and before the massage starts, the therapist says, "You know please tell me if the pressure is too deep or too soft or whatever." And you're in the massage and the therapist is like needing your back and just like getting after it and you're in pain, but you don't say anything because you're afraid of the confrontation or the rejection or hurting the therapist's feelings. And we don't say anything and we push through it anyway at our own expense. Something as simple as that. And I know this from experience. I've I've been here many times of not speaking up because of the fear.
1: And a lot of times we put other people's needs before our own, like in your example about getting a massage, we don't say anything if we're uncomfortable because we might worry about offending the masseuse. But like you said previously, we need to put the oxygen mask on ourselves before we can help others and prioritize our needs as well. It's so important that we take a step back to evaluate how these different areas of our lives, like social media, as we discussed, are serving us. And it's so essential we become more self-aware. And going back to what we talked about earlier, meditation is a great way to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I just want to be mindful of time. I have a couple more questions for you. Um, Just one last question on this subject. Um, What... Is your advice for how to access your your higher self for for guidance and wisdom
0: yeah absolutely so um, if it's okay if we if we are good on time I'd love to lead you and the listeners through a short guided meditation so that uh, we can all have a really solid takeaway because it's so much easier to experience in your body um, you know rather than me just explaining how to reach your higher self how does that sound
1: yeah I'd love that thank you.
0: Awesome. So wherever you are, as long as you're not driving right now, just go ahead and close your eyes. And just take a deep breath in all the way down into your belly. Open mouth, exhale through the mouth. Dropping into the present moment, dropping into your body. Take another deep breath all the way into your belly, filling up your belly like a balloon. And then open mouth, exhale. Last one, deepest breath. Hold your breath up at the top for three, two, one. Exhale, let it go. And bring your awareness to the top of your head, all the way up to the crown of your head. This is where your crown chakra is, where you are connected to spirit. Imagine a beautiful golden light falling from the sky, bursting into the top of your head, and flowing all the way down your body into your feet. And take a moment to imagine your higher self. This is the most beautiful radiant being you've ever seen. Perhaps you are standing on a mountaintop or on a beach. Your hair is blowing in the wind. Take note of what your higher self is wearing. What does she look like? What is she doing with her life? How does she spend her time and her days? This is the highest embodiment of you. Perhaps you see her as a bit older or younger or maybe your current age. Whatever you see is perfect. And you ask her, what wisdom do you have for me? What do I need to know right now? Maybe this wisdom comes in a sound or a vision or feeling, and ask her, who or what do I need to set boundaries around? And how do I set those boundaries in a loving way? And then place your left hand over your heart and your right hand over your low belly. And I invite you to speak out loud or even in your mind silently the following affirmations. I am a divine sovereign being. I deserve to set my boundaries. I respect and value myself. There is an even exchange of giving and receiving in my life. I am patient with myself. And in this moment, we ask that all negative frequencies and energies be cleared and transmuted into the earth, into the light. We call upon our spirit guides and higher power to assist us in this cleansing process, knowing that our chakras are cleared and balanced in this moment for all receivers of this transmission. We give thanks, and so it is. Take a deep breath in. Open mouth, exhale. (sighs) Gently opening the eyes, coming back into the space. Wiggling your fingers and toes. (sighs) Feeling the difference in your body. And feel free to journal about or write down any of the wisdom that you may have received or anything that you saw or experienced and if you didn't see anything that's okay too that meditation was only six minutes and normally I will do that in a probably 30 minutes and we get a lot deeper so that was just a little sneak peek
1: (laughs) well I definitely feel so much more relaxed now thank you so much for leading us through that Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for allowing me. Absolutely. And before we go, is there, I just want to open up the floor to you. Is there any last pieces of advice you wanted to share or anything else um, you wanted to cover?
0: Yeah, I'd love to just um, end the boundaries conversation by saying, you know, you are not responsible for how another person reacts to the boundary that you're setting. You're only responsible for communicating your boundaries in a respectful way. And if it upsets them, which it might just know that that's, that's them, that's their stuff, right? And some people, especially those who are accustomed to controlling and having control, um, you, know, they, you can expect them to be possibly upset about it, but remain firm and know that you are so worthy and you deserve to listen to yourself and trust yourself and you don't owe anyone anything.
1: That's really powerful advice. So so important to keep um, to keep close to your heart there. That's truly powerful. Thank you. Thank you. And before we go, I just want I just want all the listeners out there to make sure to take advantage of your amazing offer once again you're generously giving listeners $500 off of your amazing embodied Creatrix program, which is absolutely amazing. And I hope everyone out there listening um, books an appointment with you and sets up a call because um, I'm sure this program is truly life-changing. So I hope everyone out there takes advantage of it. And I'll be sure to, um, to give the link um, in the description of this episode on the podcast site. But if you have a pen and paper handy or you're near a computer the link to Sarah's Embodied Creatrix program is Sarah Lane. Sarah is spelled S-A-R-A-H. So again, that's Coach slash creatrix slash and creatrix is spelled C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X. But again, the link to this program will be in the episode description as well.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And, and uh, just know that, you know, learning to set healthy boundaries and Trusting your intuition takes time. It's a process that you don't have to go through alone. So I'd be happy to walk alongside you in that journey and so looking forward to getting to know you.
1: Well, Sarah, thank you so, so much for, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and opening it up and sharing your um, inspirational story. I know you're gonna help so many, so many listeners out there. So I can't thank you enough for all of the um, powerful advice and, and great wisdom that you shared.
0: You're so welcome. It was my pleasure. I love sharing and talking about all these topics. I feel like you and I probably could have gone on forever. So thank you again for having me. I so appreciate it.
1: Sarah provided such powerful wisdom on following your intuition and setting healthy boundaries. We only scratched the surface with Sarah's coaching on these topics, so for this and so much more, be sure to check out Sarah's Embodied Creatrix program. You can find more information on this amazing program at Lane.coach slash creatrix slash and again, the link to this program will be in the episode description. She's offering a whopping $500 off. This is an offer you're not going to want to let slide by and it's exclusively for My Motivation listeners. If you heard something that inspired you, please send me a message and let me know. I love hearing from you all. You can find me on Instagram at my motivation underscore podcast or on Facebook at mymotivationpodcast. podcast. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, I'd be so appreciative if you could leave me a review. Your reviews allow me to continue to bring you inspiring content. And if you're new to this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss a motivating message. I know everyone's so busy, so I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I love you all, and I'll talk to you real soon. I hope you found motivation in this message, and if you did, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and subscribe. Hope you keep this find top of mind and always stay inspired. Love you guys and thank you so much for listening.